And welcome to Geekers Creepers. This is a podcast where we talk about the geeky side of life and we talk about the creepy side of life. My name is Rob. I'm your host and I am joined by my two co-hosts. We have first Eddie Spaghetti. How's it going, Ed? Doing well, doing well. And we are also joined by Kelly Kapowski. How's it going, Kelly? Hi, Creepers. Welcome back. Good to see you. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, we are now at this is episode 64. And uh, so today, guys, I uh, just want to give a quick rundown. We are going to be talking about uh, as far as the geeky topics, Kelly and I will be reviewing uh, a brief review of episode one of uh, uh, Black Mirror. The episode Jonah's awful. Not a review, I guess we're, we're just going to talk about it. Uh, and then uh, before that, I will also go over. A few of um, my geeky topics, the new uh, uh, the uh, Xbox presentation, as well as the other presentations for the uh, games showcase over the summer showcase this summer, and the new reveals, <clears throat> I'd like to give my opinion on some of those. I will do that solo, but Kelly will join me for uh, the uh, Black Mirror episode. And then all three of us will be talking about the creepy topics. One of them is a spooky painting. The other one is... Uh, about oh geez why am i also drawing a blank the other creepy topic is about oh the green children of Woolpit, and then the ufo whistleblower that'll be our main topic that's a that's a newer um subject so we will talk about that uh later on for now uh let's start with kelly how have you been hey you've been doing great it is summertime and very much enjoying summer vacation mm-hmm. and the weather. Although we had really bad storms last night, I also love a good thunderstorm. So yes, it, been doing good. How have you guys been? Good. How about you, Ed? Doing uh, extremely well. Um, been been gearing up for the summer and now um, um, been getting my long bike rides in. Been um, trying to enjoy some ice cream here and there. So it's uh, it's been a great summer, uh, great start actually. It's only a couple of days in, technically, right? But mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm I'm definitely enjoying uh, uh, some dry, uh, sunny weather. Wow, you're biking and having ice cream. You're living the ideal 1950s lifestyle. So Didn't live in the 50s, yeah. <laughs> suburban, Amer- <laughs> suburban American dream. Exactly. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Um. So we are gonna take a. Well, actually, you know, I, I do always ask, have you guys watched any good shows, anything good that you've watched recently or anything good that you've read recently? I read, oh, real yeah. quick. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut everyone off. But um, w- last time I think we talked about Cormac McCarthy. Uh, was it we talked about? So as of as of like a few weeks ago, one of the greatest American authors, in my opinion, one of the greatest American authors, uh, modern, I guess, uh, has passed away. He was, he was an older gentleman, but uh, he passed did some uh some great books really really good books and um they're not the I, I, they're not difficult to read but they're not the topics are kind of difficult you know that it, it goes into some they're depressing books but yep uh that's uh, I got I guess he put out a new one final one about a couple of years ago so I am gonna pick that one up and uh, read that but sorry about uh let's start with uh Kelly what were you gonna say what have you been reading? Okay. So if anybody knows me at all, you know that I am a big reader and I have been reading up a storm since I've had time to. Mm -hmm. And I have two of the best books of the year, Mexican Gothic, Mm. fantastic, which is 
a fiction story and then a nonfiction book cultish, which is about the history of the use of language and cults and how it like, like uh, invites people and keeps them oh. in. So good. Two of the best books of the year. For well, sure. What is Mexican Gothic? I've, never, I've heard of, uh, of cultish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is, what is that one about? Mexican Gothic is so good. So it takes place in Mexico in this like estate in the mountains where this family from Europe moved like hundreds of years ago. And it's very mysterious mm. up there. Like they, they import everything from England and they don't really like, they're very wealthy. So they consider the townspeople down at the bottom of the mountain, like the townspeople, you know, and then all of a sudden really weird stuff starts to go on. Okay. So it's it like, is very, very the, the house of haunted hill, but, uh, uh, but it's <laughs> in Mexico. Okay. Yes. It's so cool. Highly. Cool. And how about you, Ed? Oh. Um, I've, um, what, what did I, what have I been doing? Um, I, what was the last thing I binge watched? Well, um, actually I just, <laughs> I started, I restarted a uh, game of Thrones. I, I, cause <laughs> I started it. I, I, Honest to, honest to God, the, I, I don't know what mood I was in when I, when I started it. I was just not in a good mood when I when I watched it. I, you, used to, you used to talk a lot of trash about Game of Thrones. I, I, you know what it was? No, it's just it was weird because you know it's just like uh, I, I think I focused way too much on the negative. It was like women in peril. It was just like infanticide. It starts off, you know, it's 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 definitely a little bit rough but i mm -hmm. i um you know i just decided you know what people really enjoyed it so I, I i i just decided to give it another shot so i um i'm uh season 1 obviously uh 3 uh i'm i'm into episode i'm i just finished episode 3 so i'm i guess i'm halfway through season 1 so <laughs> yeah, i got a yeah. i got a long way i got a long way to go <laughs> it looks like but the show uh, came out 13 it, years ago and now you're watching good news yeah <laughs> No, but um, I'm gonna so purposely ruin it for you. Yeah, um, I finished up a. Uh, I guess you could say it's a it's a nonfiction novel. Um, Dan Flores. I don't know if you're um, if you know who this author is. Uh, mm -hmm. He writes. Um, he he's a. I guess you could say he's an American naturalist. Uh, but he uh wrote a book. Um, I guess it got relatively popular. Um, it was called Coyote America. And, um, it's a quick read. Uh, I mean, it's like, I think it's less than 300. It's about 300 pages. It's a really quick read, but, um, um, it focuses in on the, uh, the American coyote and, um, it intertwines like, um, Native American folklore, uh, you know, how it relates to the American uh, history of America pre pre-European European. And, um, it touches, it touches up on how, um, the coyote seems to have like actually prospered uh, uh, of all these, of all the major fauna and other stuff has actually prospered in the United States. So it's really interesting, like how um, this, this, uh, this animal like actually um, has prospered since the, Amer uh, the, since the industrial age. And um, it just, it goes into all these different little theories on it. So I, I hi actually highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> it's a very quick read and I, I think people should actually uh, give it a shot. It's a really interesting book. Um, you weird, very weird book said. I don't know how you would ever find out about. You know, it's like, what do you want to read? <laughs> you know what? You know what really gets me? Coyotes in south <laughs> southern states. 
Yeah. No, hey, that's cool. America, no, no, no. The whole, the whole no. United States. Sorry, oh, sorry, dude. sorry. You didn't, you didn't mean to raid on your parade. No, no, don't no. You, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> this is my first book I've read in 10 years. Come on, man. Like, don't read We're going to no, find I'm you kidding. living out in the desert with the coyotes. I am now one with the coyotes. <laughs> um, only thing I've done, uh, I'm not as smart as you guys. I haven't read any interesting books um other than uh like video games yes <laughs> yes no actually i have not either I, that's what that's what i talk about in my, my other podcast or not other podcast my other podcast what when i when i talk about my other stuff um um but uh i started i started watching season two of the bear i don't know if you guys have seen that it takes place I in chicago yeah i'm so excited yeah I've, 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 i'm trying to take my time i don't want to binge what? it is it is it on hulu it's or on hulu. is it Oh, okay, that's. I would why say I th- this. Uh, it's like season two does a lot more with the city. You know, it, it's cool. Like it's mm-hmm. cool. It takes place in Chicago. Um, yeah, I've heard that episodes six through ten are really, really good. Um, it's starting. It's starting out slow season two, but I like it. It's it's something. Um, I think what what I like about it is like one, it has to do with food, which is interesting, and um, starting up a restaurant, and then also. Uh, uh, it, it takes place in Chicago. It's not a reality show. It's a scripted show, but it's kind of like, it, it's kind of a little bit, do you remember, you remember the show Louie when it first came out? The uh, yeah. yeah. It kind of has that feel as far as the way it's shot, the way it's done, but um, but it's about just blue collar people working a restaurant, you know, in the city. But uh, all right. Artistic, what? It's very artistic. It like, is. It, it is very, not. very artistic. It's There's good. that there's like part, I don't know if I liked it or not. I think it was season or episode three where there's just music playing as they're making different food, as they're making different plates. You know, it's just, it's like a, watching a music video with like some weird, uh, um, some weird lo-fi music in the background. It was, it was yeah, just weird. Very artistic for sure. Um, but all right, guys. Well, uh, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back to talk about our, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to come right back. And I'm going to go over the uh, my geeky topics. Then Kelly and I, we're going to go over uh, Black Mirror. And then after that, we're going to come back and talk about our creepy topics of the week. And welcome back to Geekers Creepers. So I am going to be talking about uh, the geeky topics and then a little bit after Kelly's going to join me about to talk about uh, episode one of season six of Black Mirror. So usually as we talk about geeky topics, and what I'm going to talk about is uh, what I've been playing. And also uh, I, there's been the Summer Games Fest and there's been a bunch of games. And of course, you guys can go out and look at it. You probably heard everybody already talking about the Summer Games Fest, the Xbox Showcase, PlayStation, State of Play, and the Nintendo Direct. I did watch all of them. Uh, Nintendo Direct, not all the way, but I'm going to stick mainly with the one that I thought was, the, my opinion, the clear winner. One that I saw games in there and I kept thinking, this is what I want to see. And that was the Xbox Showcase. But that's what we'll get to that in a minute. For now, what have I been playing? And I'll be honest, I have not been playing much of anything i haven't touched dead by daylight in months they i know they have a new they have a new uh 
killer that's come out two of them since the last time I played and I don't think I bought either. Um, they've got the masquerade fest going and I guess I'm going to get back into it. I think I'll start playing again this week. Uh, so, so over the last, uh, month or so I was in a bit of a funk, so I wasn't really feeling games and, you know, I just wasn't playing anything. I couldn't, it just wasn't there. You know, it's, it, 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 things happening. You just, I wasn't feeling it. And so what I told myself was like, you know what? I'm not playing anything. I might as well just get done with this game, Breath of the Wild. I've had it for six years. I jump on there, play it. Don't, you know, play for a long time, jump on and play it. Don't. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I thought it's one of the most overrated games and never a big uh, fan. And I'd like to say, there's a saying, uh, I believe it goes that uh, the stone that the builder refused will be the cornerstone or the edge cornerstone. Uh, so that's right. I think this, the the stone that the builder refused will be the cornerstone. Uh, it's, I, I think, uh, biblical, but that is Breath of the Wild. For me, that was the stone that I refused. I kept going back to I didn't want to play it. I would, and while I was in this funk, I would just say, like, all right, I'm going to go grab a beer at the local pub, sit there, put my headphones in, and just grind this out. And I realized that Breath of the Wild was the game I needed, and it's, I am taking back every bad thing I said about that game. I finally get it. I sat there, you know, I, I didn't like it because it was quiet. There was nobody around, just so empty. But when I when I was playing it, I just, it was kind of what I needed. I didn't want characters to run up to me and give me another mission, give me something to do. It was Link had a job to do. His job was is to save the kingdom, help out uh, Princess Zelda, and that's his goal. And you can do it however quickly you want to get it done, however slowly you want to get it done. You can just, they're not going to bother you. You take matters into your own hands and you do it when you want to. And it was something I didn't like for the longest time, but when I didn't, get, when I wasn't feeling, and I'm sorry if you keep hearing, uh, Pops in the back. There's people blowing up fireworks. But uh, at this point, I just didn't. I didn't even want to play video games, and yet this game kept bringing me in. And I'm like, you know what? It's not something that is always bothering me that I have to do another mission, do another mission. No, I could take my time. I could play this however I want. And um, and man, I like I said, I absolutely. I did a 180. This game is it's it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's just what I needed at the time. It's it'll probably be one of the games I'll remember because I I ended up beating it. I beat it. Um uh, and I'll be honest, as soon as I beat it, a couple of days after I went out and picked up Tears of the, picked up Tears of the Kingdom. It's even better. And I can't put that game down. All I want to do is play the game. When I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about playing the game. Uh it's actually brought back the desire for me to play other games too. Uh, it's it's crazy, but I think that's what I needed. And uh, I would say Breath of the Wild, uh, it is, oh, as I was saying, it's going to be a game that whenever I, I jump back on or if I ever 
decide just to play for a little bit, or just even the thought of the game is always going to remember. It's always going to remind me of how it brought me back to get brought me out of the funk and playing in uh, wanting to play a game again um, at, at my own pace. And like I said, I would, it was for a few weeks, you know, that I would just would go out, sip, you know, uh, you know, just chill out, sit with the beer next to me, or even at home, I would just chill out and just play the game. And it was kind of relaxing. It wasn't something I felt I needed to do, but, or that like with, uh, um, uh, with dead by daylight, there are so many events that I feel like, Oh, I, I can't miss out. I can't miss out. I got to take care of this. I didn't feel that with uh breath of the wild. I just, if I didn't want to play, I didn't want to play, but man, did I want to, and choose a kingdom, man, do I want to. And so, I mean, I can't, I said what I said about Breath of the Wild, but looking back now and I kind of, I kind of wish I would have taken advantage of it more understanding what the game was when I first started out, which is what I'm doing with Tears of the Kingdom. I, I'm not using a single cheat sheet with Tears of the Kingdom, right? I will eventually. Um, but right now I'm just exploring, having fun. Uh, and just that game is, it, it, I got to say, Choose the Kingdom might be one of my top five. And I've just, right now, maybe I've put 10 hours into it. Maybe, uh, yeah, about 10, maybe a little more. Um, and I can see what the hype is about. It's not, it, it is definitely a fantastic game. Uh, there are some issues with frame rates uh, that drop uh, when you're, when you get to, um, when you do certain activities. But man, it, it that's a great game. And Breath of the Wild, I take back everything I said. I just, so you ask what I've been playing? Zelda. I've been playing Zelda. I'm going to get back to playing my other games, but uh, I think uh, uh, Breath of the Wild reignited it for me. I, I got, I, I found, uh, I found my desire to play games again. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was uh, for me. That was a really uh, that was really important for me because I just had stopped for a while and. Like I said, beat Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm going to keep playing Tears of the Kingdom and hopefully um, go from there. I'll be able to do four, a few more reviews uh, of games in the future. Um, yeah, it's like a, a therapy session, but uh, just with me and whoever's listening. So, uh, guys, if you haven't played uh, Breath of the Wild, pick it up. I don't think it's on sale. Neither, is, I, Honestly, if you pick up Tears of the Kingdom right now, you won't miss anything with Breath of the Wild. Uh, I think Tears of the Kingdom is the better game. Uh, but it's just it's fantastic. So, with that said, though, I, I do want to talk about the uh, the summer. I think it's called Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keeley put one out, and it was a uh, he showed a lot of games. Uh, PlayStation a little while before that put something out. Xbox then did their showcase after the Summer Games Fest, and then after that was a Nintendo one. Uh, I did, as I said, I watched all of them. The Nintendo one I didn't watch all the way. A lot of the Nintendo games really um, weren't ones that I were, was interested. I did read on them uh, about which ones were uh, shown. I think the new Mario one might be the only one that uh, I'm interested in. But I've got to say, the one that for me was just unbelievably great was uh, the the Xbox uh, the Xbox Showcase. Now, I don't there there are a few games that I did really like in the on the Summer Games Fest. I don't know if it was at the Xbox Showcase, but the Summer Games Fest did show uh, that Lies of P, which looks really cool. That game looks, 
I, I don't like the title. And I think the, uh, you know, it's it, the, the, the character design, the, the design of the enemies, the design of the, um, of the world looks fantastic. The main character that you play, I believe you're playing Pinocchio. Yeah, I left a little bit to be desired, but um, I think everything else just looks great. That's a game that I'm really looking forward to play at some point. But I just want to quickly go over some of the ones for the Xbox. And I'll be honest, I think at this point, I don't know if I want to buy another PlayStation. If I'm going to choose one, Xbox might be the winner. But again, these are all just previews. Xbox has had has yet to put out well, I shouldn't say as yet, but they're they're having a uh, a string of bad um, of bad games that have been put out, and you know, Halo was one. I believe the newest one, the one where I um, forget the name of it, where you play as vampires in a four or not as, but you you fight vampires in a uh, with four with three other people. That one was a big dud. So yeah, they're not having they're not having the best time uh, best time right now, but. There's that potential. And here's the reason why. I want to go over some of these games. Uh, they did a Fable, the new Fable uh, revealed. And I, I'm getting to this list from IGN, but uh, it's just because I didn't have the time to write it down. But that looked great. And here's the one thing I liked about these, uh, about the Xbox showcases. As I was watching, I kept thinking to myself, okay, this is the, the next generation. This is what games are now supposed to look like they looked fantastic um the fable uh reveal it was just it was showed just a little bit of gameplay but man it looked fun it looked it, it looked uh it, it was fun funny it, it was quirky um and the gameplay looked fantastic i played the original fable when it came out i did like that game i never got to beat it it was a it was a game that i played for a number of hours and i may have started it twice and then usually I would just give up and go back to something else. But I liked the, I liked what I did what I played there. I think a lot of it also came down to the fact that the whole morality thing, I was always torn with the morality games where if you do something bad, uh, your character changes, people don't like you. And it just became too tedious because there was stuff that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was supposed to, that was something bad that I did. Uh, or I would do something bad by accident. So it was a lot of those games can be kind of uh, it, the morality thing can be kind of a, a pain, but either way, like hopefully maybe they won't have it in the new fable if they do great. But uh, I thought this one looked great. Um, uh, there was a cyberpunk, uh, the Phantom of Liberty uh, got a trailer. I have yet to play this game. Uh, uh, it is what it is now avowed. This is another one that came out. Um, I thought this looked good. It looked, it reminded me of Skyrim. Uh, except with just only a magic user. Uh, it was like Skyrim with as a magic user, but your magic is they're pretty much guns. Um, I thought this looked good. I, I I know a lot of people were kind of thinking that the design what or the uh, character design wasn't as great as as they'd seen in the past. I don't know. I it's it's an Obsidian game. Obsidian is does great RPGs, so I was happy. Uh, and then, well, we'll get to this at the very end. Uh, well, you know, I'll talk about it now. Starfield. Starfield, I was not interested at all. I thought, I'm like, I do not want to be a shoot a shooter in space. I watched the trailer, and then they did a like a little direct at the very end. Not a little. I mean, I think they talked for like half an hour or over that. Man, I want to play this game. Oh, goodness. This is like, it, it's done by Bethesda, who did um, Skyrim. But they said there's thousands of planets. 
uh, and they say like 10% of them will have people and colonies. So that's a hundred planets, people colonies. You can build your own ship, get your own crew, travel all over, go to space, go to these planets. When I saw that you could build your own ship, get your own crew, I'm like, I got to get this game. I, this is, um, uh, uh, not fi- yeah, Firefly. For me, this feels like Firefly. To get your own crew, go out there, travel space. I'm like, yes, this is what I want. A game that's like Firefly. Maybe not exactly, but like this, th- this is what I want to play. And I saw this. Uh, I saw the the extended uh, preview, and and it's only coming for Xbox. I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm done with PlayStation. I, I it's coming soon. It's coming in November, I believe, and. Maybe even before that, I think November. I'll wait to see what what the reviews are. If it gets really good reviews, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm going with the Xbox. Uh, another great game. And oh, let me say this: a lot of these games are coming up on Game Pass first day out. Like Fable, Game Pass day one. Avowed, Game Pass day one. Starfield, Game Pass. I believe Game Pass. Uh, let me take that back if it's not. But then there's other one, South of Midnight. The this is like. Uh, takes place in in south america uh, or not south america but uh uh uh, uh the, uh the united states the southern united states and it's uh it looks like it's uh you play as a black female character and the art style was fantastic the feel was great it was just it was just a trailer there was no gameplay but man this art style if this is it it's like it reminded me of claymation uh kind of like um a mix of claymation from uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, mixed with uh, uh, the style, the art style of uh, um, the Walking Dead season one, the Walking Dead, the uh, the Telltale games. If you mix that together, this is that animation. And oh, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is beautiful. They had like the feel, like the American South feel, uh, like lore. I am. I am all for this game, all for it. Uh, again, co- is this one supposed to come out? I believe uh, on Game Pass. Uh, and they showed us Star Wars, which looked really good. Uh, I believe Ubisoft did another, uh, uh, a more in-depth look at Star Wars. But this one, Outlaws, looks fantastic. I'm going to skip a few of these because they're not really ones that I was interested in. I mean, I'll just go over them. Forza Motorsports, not a car person. Jose probably would be all into this one. Um in Exiles Clockwork Revolution. So Clockwork Revolution. Yep. Another one that I was all for. Now, this one's, they don't give a date. They said coming out soon, I believe. But Clockwork Revolution has a, uh, what do they call that? Um, It felt a bit like uh, Bioshock Infinite, which I thought Bioshock Infinite had a great look to it. I liked the game. I thought it was very pretentious what the story was telling, like extremely pretentious to the point where I'm like, after I played it, I, I remember I thinking, I'm like, this is not that great of a game. I don't know why everybody's hyping it. People have now gone back and said, yeah, it actually wasn't that great, which I, I know, I think a lot of it was the hype. It was the newest Bioshock, uh, but the, the art style was great. And this has a similar, but more polished art style. Definitely. Agree. And again, like Game Pass, day one, for Clockwork Revolution, 
all these things. Like if you have Game Pass, you are getting all these games day one. That begs the question: Are the games going to be good? Uh, if not, it's is you know then it's not worth it. You're you're paying day one for these lousy games. But just from these presentations alone, I'm I've got a lot of uh, a lot of hope. And then there were a few Persona games that came out. Um, I'm not the biggest Persona fan, but for those that are, you guys are just a company. The company who who creates or the creators of these games uh, put more than just Persona. There's a few of these coming out on Xbox. So, yeah, I mean, you are living the dream if you're a Persona person. Um, those Spirit Fair, which that was a weird game. It was, a, uh, I think, 33 players at once. It's got a unique art style, a little bit like Hades, but... Um, We'll see what that one does. I, 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 not a big multiplayer person. Uh, I know I played Dead by Daylight, but other than that, I really don't like that. But um, we'll see. Um, Payday Three came out. Um, never played them, but for those that enjoy it, fantastic. Um, and uh, real quick, see if these got a Monkey Island crossover, which I thought was cool. Yeah, you know, I, I see. See if these will be a game I pick up if I pick up the Xbox. Um, and the fact that it's got a little uh, the Monkey Island comedy crossover, I think is really cool. I saw the Microsoft Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wow. This like it's so realistic. Like I want to play this game. I don't even like flying. I like I just everything about this just looks so cool. You could uh now you could have different jobs like rescuer, uh uh rescue people on the Alps, uh you could uh, help out put out fires like all this like or uh, like a medevac uh so different things you can do but still it's like this is awesome i really want to play a microsoft Sim- flight simulator um and then we saw Sinua's set uh saga hellblade 2 again this this there wasn't much gameplay i th- well maybe it was gameplay um but the little uh clip that they showed was creepy it was unnerving it was fantastic i and, and with all these like with sinua uh, or hellblade 2 the the look of the characters the feel of the characters the the look of the the environment everything i was i was I just kept thinking yes this is it this is the next uh evolution of 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 gaming and we finally have it and i'll finish up soon uh just got a few more I'll skip a bunch here, but they did a new one. Uh, it's by Capcom called Path of the Goddess, which I found really interesting. Some people might not have. I thought that the characters were unique. Uh, the enemies were unique. It was very, nothing like I've ever seen. Uh, so I thought this was like, it interested me too. Um, still Wakes the Deep. It looks creepy. It's coming day one on uh, on Game Pass. It is. It seems like a horror movie that takes place in the ocean on an oil rig. Yes. Ah, oh, God. I, it, uh, you, if you have the lassophobia, this, this is, did not help out. Um, I think it's lassophobia. If you're the deep uh, ocean. Yes. This did not help out. But man, was this creepy. Um, city skylines too. I'm a huge city person. I play city skylines. I, I, I played hours and hours of city skylines. I'm just not very good at it, but. Ooh, am I happy this is coming out? And again, day one on Game Pass. I, I all right. So those are the big ones. Um, and of course, like I said, they did have the uh afterwards, they did uh uh 
the uh, the Starfield uh, talk or the the presentation. So overall, I think Xbox just really knocked it out of the park. I think Xbox is going to be. I think PlayStation has a lot of competition coming up soon. Uh, if if the early games are a hit, I, I'll say this: if Starfield, which we have to wait till November, so we still got some time. Uh, but if Starfield is a hit, I, I think uh, PlayStation has to start to worry because a lot of these upcoming games, day one games, uh, are just going to, I think they're going to change the dial. I think people are going to start to see Xbox in a different light. And maybe they should. You know, I, I think uh, they're they're trying. You know, they're, they're, they've created this new uh, uh, Game Pass to to kind of make it more affordable for people to play as many games as possible and not have to break the bank. I mean, it still is expensive. I believe it's 15 a month. So at the end of the day, you're paying, you know, close to 200, a year, uh, maybe 180 a year. Uh, but you think about that. Maybe my math is wrong, but I think that's about a hundred, 180 a year. Uh, but when you think about that and think about like, well, what if you buy just games uh, without, um, uh, uh, without using game pass 180, that's only three games because you have to remember each game now is like about it's 70 bucks. It went up even that back then when it was 60, it was three games. So now you get more than just three games a year, plus hopefully new games plus their back catalog. So it, if you are a game, if you love playing games, I think that's the way to go, but we'll, we'll see what the future holds for these guys. Um, So that is, I just really want to talk about the Xbox showcase. I, I the other ones were, we're fine. Honestly, I can't even remember. I think Alan Wake was in maybe the PlayStation one. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, if you guys want to tell me what you guys think, uh, you can email me at geekerscreeperscast at gmail.com. That's geekerscreeperscast at gmail.com. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I will be back in a minute. We're going to be talking with Kelly, and we are going to be talking about episode one, season six, uh, something about Jane. Something like that. But yes, uh, on of Black Mirror. So hopefully you guys will stick around to listen to that and also listen to our creepy topics. Thank you. And welcome back. As I mentioned earlier, Kelly and I, we're going to be talking about Black Mirror episode one of season six. Now, uh, we both watch uh, Black Mirror. I'm a huge fan. Kelly's a huge fan. And we are going to be talking about this episode one. Going to go just to, you know, maybe take about 15 minutes or so to talk about this. Uh, the episode is called Joan is Awful. And Kelly, do you want to start out? Because you probably took better notes than I did. I have actually only seen this once. Usually most black mirror episodes i kind of watch multiple times but um uh, i just haven't had the chance to go back and watch this um i mean yeah we can go back and forth hey creepers (laughs) um i'm here i'm back (laughs) i'm alive um we are back it's been a minute wait wait wait. we're not introducing ourselves just yet (laughs) you're peeling the the veil we had to (laughs) we're we're we're, um, uh, or or, so uh to all our listeners our uh, podcast today, we had to film it out of order. So we're actually filming this. <laughs> Kelly just told you we're filming this. <laughs> All right. Either Wait. way. 
um, with with the uh, with this episode. Oh, by the way, I don't know if anyone knows this, but uh, maybe you know Kelly. Do you know why the show is called Black Mirror? No, no. Okay, so uh, you have your cell phone there in front of you. Yeah. Don't turn it on and just take a look at it. Okay, that it has a reflection on the black surface. Yes. Yes. That's exactly why it's called Black Mirror, because the idea is like it's based on technology. Like if you turn off your screen, your TV screen, your computer screen, your cell phone, it turns into a black mirror. And so a lot of the shows based on technology and how it reflects you. Um, and so that's why, you know, the show is called that, which is really cool. And when really? I found out about that, I'm like, wow, that's actually uh, much more intelligent than I thought. Yeah, it's way deeper than I, yeah. than I thought it was. So uh, Joan is awful. This episode uh overall let me ask what did you think of this episode i thought it was a really good entry into the new season i agree i thought it was a very good entry and i really tripped me out and i gotta go back and watch it again i wish i did prior to recording this because this is one of the few episodes that really confused me and i think uh, even with some of the episodes where it might be science fiction i could still see like okay i i it's still based in reality with this one. When you get to the end, I'm like, okay, is this what is going on? So the premise of the episode is Joan is a person just living her life. I think she's a manager at a tech, at a tech company. Is that correct? Yeah. Something like that. And she's just kind of a jerk. She's laying off people. Doesn't really care. She's got her boyfriend who she's kind of uh, really not a big fan of. She's still, uh, wants to be with her ex. Uh, and so it just, she's just kind of, um, not, she's not like the, she's not a, the worst person, you know, she's not out there murdering people, but she's just kind of an awful person, you know, awful girlfriend, awful boss, uh, just uh, awful employee, just kind of a jerk. And one day she's watching Netflix and she sees, or their version of Netflix, I think it's called like Streamberry. Oh God, if- I, that's my favorite parts of the episode. <laughs> And she sees that her likeness is being used uh, by the by uh, Black Mirror's version of Netflix, and that they're pretty much making a show. After her day ends, the new episode begins of of her uh, of of her story of that day. And uh, for the, oh, by the way, this character, the one that plays uh, uh, Joan, uh, did you know where she's from? Yeah, so this episode is starring Annie Murphy and Selma Hayek with a yeah. appearance by like Michael Sena. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I didn't. She's from Schitt's Creek. I have no clue. Like, I did not know that's who it was. The director I guess, of this episode is the director of Schitt's Creek, also. Yeah, I found that out when I was doing a little research on this. I didn't know. Uh, I think it's because uh, I didn't watch too much of uh, Schitt's Creek and uh, I just I didn't know. But either way, so Selma Hayek then is also the TV version of, of Anne. And or not Anna, of, of Joan. Uh, and so you said that that was your favorite part of this? No, Streamberry. Oh, Streamberry. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. It even did the dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, <laughs> and, and Streamberry <laughs> comes comes up a few more times in this, uh, this season. But yeah, so it's like everything, Joan just starts going crazy because everything she sees on on, on Streamberry is her life and they got her likeness. And they're using, they're using her life story, and I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I like the premise of this because at one point she goes to see a lawyer, and the lawyer's like, 
Well, no, here on page 15, you signed off when you signed out to Streamberry that they could use your likeness. And it just shows you, I mean, nobody ever reads that fine print, you know, and it could just come back to get you at some point. Uh, and then, then we also learned that Selma Hayek did the same thing. She gave her likeness to be used by, uh, I'll call it Netflix, and th that they're now using her as the, uh, uh, they're not actually using her as the actress. They're using her likeness uh, through AI to create these stories, which, um, I, let me ask, what did you think about that, Kelly, this whole premise? Okay. So also one of the people in this that I forgot to mention is the girl from The Bear, the chef show. Yes, but she has so, just that one scene. Oh my God. And it's one of my favorite parts of the movie mm -hmm. when uh, Joan is out on the, like outside smoking her e-cig and she uh. flicks it and hits the girl in the head. And, <laughs> off, and, the girl. and she said, is that you, Joan? <laughs> I died. It was so comedic. I I love the relief. Like mm -hmm. in this episode, there's so much comedic relief. There like, is. Very serious and like kind of scary about technology and AI and stuff, but also like, there are some really funny parts. There are <laughs> the, the part where the uh, where Joan walks into the church after having all the burgers and wine and decides <laughs> to uh, at a wedding decides to relieve herself. That was um, yeah, it's it got some funny parts. But uh, and, and honestly, the I don't know what the actress is the one that's in the bear. I I started watching the second season. I really like that show, and I think that she I think she's a fantastic actress. I wish they would give her her own Black Mirror episodes as opposed to being just like in for like you know two minutes because i think she's a, a great actress but either way uh what do you think of the premise of this one as as far as a black mirror story i think that this is one of the few black mirror stories with a happy ending that sets this episode apart from mm -hmm. most of the others is that like it ends in comedic relief it mm -hmm. ends in like an upward tone which is unlike if you know black mirror yeah Everybody out there is no, not yeah. the case. What is, I don't this, this is no shut up and dance. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that one? Oh, they all have a very dark ending typically, yeah. but this one doesn't. And so that kind of makes it unique. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it does touch on some really like socially relevant topics like privacy and mm -hmm. signing things that you know nobody reads when you click the checkbox and push okay, you know. I bet somebody read it once and just like, eh, it's pretty standard. And then everybody's like, okay, we never read it again. Yeah. They could change it at any moment and we would never know because we've never read it in the first place. So yeah, I think that's really relevant and scary that that power is given, like you give your power to somebody without knowing what the terms are. Mm -hmm. um, but in the beginning, I, instead of Joan is awful for this, like I really feel like Joan is everyone. Like Joan okay. talks about like she doesn't feel like the main character in her own life, that she doesn't like her job. She's not satisfied in her relationship. It's just, her whole life is bland. Her whole life is beige. Mm. And she wants she wants some excitement, something to happen. So when her ex-boyfriend comes into the picture, it's some it sparks some excitement. And she's like, I don't have that anywhere else in my life. And so that is like an embarrassing moment for her to have to relive in front of her then boyfriend when it mm -hmm. popped up on the screen. <laughs> yes. I'm in town. What are you up to tonight? Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. I can see what you're saying that Joan isn't a bad person. She's just the everyday person. Um, as far as like, uh, as I mentioned, I, I do like the story as, as we talked about the privacy issue. 
as you talk, uh, as I mentioned before, AI, the whole idea that um, your likeness, if you sign off on it, it can be used. And it, it currently probably is. I mean, if, if, uh, if somebody were to type in uh, uh, Geekers Creepers, we've done enough episodes that I, an AI could probably figure out our patterns, how we speak, how we do things that they could, you know, they could do their own show. Um, it'd probably be better than ours. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get top <of> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that whole thing is, is a little, it's a little scary. And I, re- I really like that. They, um, they, they touched on that now as, as the show goes on, this, as this episode goes on, uh, Joan decides that if they're going to make a show about her, she's going to do stuff that there's no way that the actors would do. Sabotage. And, yes, sabotage. And she decides to have a lot of burgers and what was it? She's drinking, is it wine? Is that what she's drinking? It was so gross, yeah. And decides to uh, bust open or break into a wedding or uh, crash a wedding and and relieve herself there in the middle of the church, which, yeah, that was that was... There was a penis drawn on her head, and she was in a cheerleader outfit with pig. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's more than she went into a church and relieved herself. Yes. Yeah. In front of everyone, in the middle of the aisle. Yes. Something. <laughs> yes, that was uh, that, that that was quite the scene, and so, and then all of a sudden, like Salma Hayek gets mad because now Salma Hayek is playing herself. She's playing Salma Hayek. But she gets mad. She's like, that's where she finds out that they, she signed off on her likeness that they could do all this. And so that whole scene, it's hilarious. You're right. There is a lot of comedy in this. Um, and so then I think Sama Hayek decides that, look, she signed off on her life and she's not happy. Joan signed off and she's not happy. So what they do is they team together to take down pretty much Netflix, right? Is that what they're doing? Um, the machine. Which the machine. Like yeah. uh, the AI machine. And this is where the story for me, oh, uh, oh, this is where it got. I don't understand the ending, where because this is around the end. They break it to Netflix. It's so like, you know, think of um, uh, Ocean's Eleven. They break it to or Streamberry, <laughs> and the final person they run into is uh, is what's his name, uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah, but who explains what's happening? Yeah. Yes, and so it turns out that Joan isn't even Joan. Joan is. And is is not being played by? Uh, can you explain it? Because for me, this is where I got a headache. I'm like, I'm like, okay, what is going on? Sure. So Annie Murphy is playing a person in real life called Joan, who's a regular girl. So Annie Murphy finds out she's playing a part of this original Joan, and that there's another Joan after her, that Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. And so like the Jones just keep evolving, but there's an original Joan, and she's going to ruin the machine to then cancel everything after the real Joan so the real Joan can have her own life. Okay. So this is where I get confused because they do, they break the machine and all of a sudden uh, the Joan that's played by, is it Annie Murphy? Yeah. The main character in this episode, Annie Murphy. Yes. Annie Murphy. That's, that's the actress's name becomes the Sama Hayek character and the regular Joan. At- no, she doesn't become Sama Hayek. She I thought that's what happened. Blanchette. Remember, the Annie Murphy character got b- moved into AI into Kate Blanchett. So they were so her character was watching Kate Blanchett. 
All right, so I got to watch this episode again because I'm so lost. Anybody out there that watched this, guys, for once, you know, I don't, we don't get anybody writing in except if they're selling me like products here and there. But if anybody could write it and tell me like, what, what did this episode mean? Because I've actually, I did look it up and I'm trying to figure out like that ending. Either way, uh, uh, the ending is really confusing, but it it all, it all deals with like, it's, it's very meta. Um, Like one after, you know, we have one Joan after another, after another, I, Sorry, I, I'm an idiot. Yeah, like it's all a simulation. Think yes. of it like there's a real Joan and there's multiple simulations of that life. But then doesn't the real Joan break the machine? Isn't she the one that breaks it? It's Anne Murphy, Annie Murphy that breaks it, that then takes it back to where she meets the real Joan. So the maybe so I missed. The girl at the end is the real Joan. Yes, I remember the girl at the end is the real Joan, but I thought she was breaking the machine because she gets arrested. Remember, she gets she gets put in handcuffs and gets taken out of the... Of, Streamberry for for uh, what was she doing though? She was breaking the machine. She was turning from the fake Joan into real Joan. No, I'm telling you. All right, we're we're gonna come back next time and talk about this again because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't remember what I saw, but it does end in a in a in a very uh, uh, in a as Kelly said in a, in a happier tone because at the very end. Uh, the real Joan and then the one that's then the actress Annie <laughs> Murphy yes. are now friends and they have something that they're um, that they can uh, uh, rem- not reminisce but uh, they can relate to each other. Thank you. They can relate to each other. Both of them also have uh, those uh, bands along their ankles, the ankle yeah, monitors. The ankle monitors because yeah. they're criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the episode. I thought it was a really good introductory episode because if we continue to talk about the other episodes, like it is the most like upbeat mm-hmm. one of the bunch, of course. So there aren't many upbeat ones. The only other ones I can really think of are like San Junipero, the one with their uh uh the gay couple who end up uh yeah. you know, like they oh, uh, they end up that together. episode. No, no, that's a very, very good episode. So uh, good. Um, but that's like it's rare that you get a happy yeah. episode in in Black Mirror. Um, you know, I don't know if you know we might might not. We're not sure yet, everyone. If we're going to be doing more of these uh, episodes of uh, of Black Mirror, I got to talk to Kelly on this. But Kelly, let me ask: Is there one this season that you're like you really really like, and is there one that you didn't like? I would have to review them because we've had a few now, and so yeah. I have to have another look. And now that you bring up that episode with those husbands, like I remember that being one of my favorite episodes of all time. Oh no, I- I'm talking about just this season. This season. Oh, of this season, my favorite. Oh, so we want to. Um, we got we got a little bit of time still so, to. Okay. So we have Lock Henry. Mm-hmm. What came after Lock Henry? Beyond the Sea. Beyond the Sea, and then the last one was the Talisman. No, then we have Maisie Day. Oh, Maisie Day, and then the Talisman, and then Demon Seventy Nine. Okay. Um, I think my favorite was Space. The Beyond the Sea? Yeah. Okay. And how about what would you say was the one that you're like, you didn't like as much? Well, my least favorite was Maisie Day, without a doubt. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that, that Maisie Day was, uh, I've even heard people say that it's probably the worst uh, episode of uh, Black Mirror, period. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. What about you? What are your... Tops and bottoms, sir. So I I don't want to say Maisie because I'm actually the actress that's in there. What I don't know how to say. I think it's Zazie Beats or something like that. The um the main actress. I'm a huge fan. Have you ever seen Atlanta? No. Okay. So I, I'm I'm a real big fan of her. So I'm like, 
but I think you might be right. And it's not, I, I didn't dislike that episode because I thought it was a bad episode. I just didn't feel like it was a black mirror episode. Yeah, but, that too. Exactly. But I, I felt the same way about the very last one, the demon 79. Oh, I love that one. See, I, that one I didn't feel like was a black mirror episode. Um, it just, it felt like it was, uh, uh, actually I, I read, not read, but I heard somewhere that it was supposed to actually be a, uh, um, it was supposed to be called a red mirror. He was going to start a whole new, uh, brand of, uh, uh, of shows that were, you had your black mirror based on technology and red mirror were more like supernatural stuff, but I guess that didn't go through, or maybe it still will, but he was just testing it out. Uh, as far as my favorite, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with you. Beyond the Sea. Yeah. That yeah. one. That one is also one of the most depressing endings of a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, that was really dark. Yeah. But this was like Henry. The what? Henry was also really dark at the end. Lock Henry. I'll be honest. I, I call that one out before, uh, way before, uh, the um, uh, we got to the ending part. I'm like, I bet you this is what's going on on this one. You called it, yeah, because I was watching. I'm like, okay, I, I could, I could see where they're going here. Man, but yeah, such a good season. Mm-hmm. All right, well, guys, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our creepy topics of the week. And welcome back to Geekers Creepers, the podcast we talk about the geeky side of life and we talk about the creepy side of life. Well, now it's time to get a little a creepy. All right, we are joined again by with Kelly Kapowski. Hey, Creepers, I'm back. Good to see you. It's been a long time. <laughs> and we are joined by Eddie Spaghetti. It's ciao. <laughs> Is that going to be your new tagline? <laughs> Ciao. Ciao, belly. Just because you had pasta for dinner doesn't make you Italian. All right. So <laughs> we are going to talk about the creepy topics. Our first one. Oh, let me ask. I probably should have asked this before. Ed, were you able to review the topics? Yes. <laughs> Audience, he is absolutely lying to all of us. <laughs> and the light text reveals <laughs> being as, as I answer with a... As I answer with a wine, uh, a wine glass, <laughs> as I take a sip, yes, I feel like more. I feel like Mori Povich when he opens up the thing. Uh, the lie detector says that was a lie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, Ed, I guess you can. F- <laughs> I guess you can follow along. <laughs> and I call bullshit on all this. <laughs> all right. All right, well, <laughs> our first. <laughs> Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we need to restart this one? No, this no. Is not, this is not a good start. <laughs> <right>. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. The now, first painting. The first one is about the painting. I'm so sorry, everybody. Usually we don't start like this. Um. So the first one. Now this is called uh it's called Woman in the Rain. And it's about a cursed painting, and it comes from one of our favorite websites, Anomalian. Uh edit what you do have the link though, correct? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So I'm going to read this and then let's talk a little bit about this. So this is uh, an interesting one. Um, it's nothing to do with UFOs or anything. It's just, it's a cursed painting, you know. The, the, uh, so let's, uh, let me read this here. It says, in 1996, an artist from Odessa, uh, Svetlana Telets, painted a picture depicting a sad, pale woman in a strange black headdress standing in the rain. Svetlana sold this picture several times, but each time the picture would soon return back due to the strange, due to the fact that strange phenomenon began in the house of the buyers. Ms. Telets is an artist specializing in surreal and abstract art. She was born in 1973 in Odessa and studied at the Odessa Grikov Art College. She has participated in numerous art exhibitions and received several awards for her work. According to Svetlana, six months before she created the infamous Woman in the Rain, she had a constant eerie feeling that someone was watching her closely, but she brushed it aside and went about her business. One bright sunny day, she sat down in front of a blank canvas, contemplating what to paint. Suddenly, the image of a woman appeared in her mind, clear as day, her face, colors, and shades, it was like magic, she said. Svetlana painted the bulk of the painting in five hours as if someone was guiding her hand. Then she painted, then she spent a whole month refining it until she felt the painting was complete. Uh, then she came to Venitsa, where the art salon was located, and exhibited uh, the right woman. Uh, the painting immediately attracted the attention of local art lovers as well as buyers. The first buyer of Rain Woman was a businesswoman living alone. She hung the painting in her bedroom, but soon regretted it. She felt like someone was watching her, and she couldn't sleep at night, even after she took the picture off the wall. Uh, quote, please take it away. I can't sleep. It seems like there's someone else in the apartment besides me. I even took it off the wall, hid it behind the closet, but still I can't, she said, calling the artist on the phone. The second buyer, a young man, thought the painting would look great in his living room, but soon he also regretted his decision and return it back to the artist. He was willing to pay half the purchase price just to get rid of the painting. <clears throat> he claimed that the woman in the painting haunted him, appearing to him every night in dreams or waking not specified, and followed him like a shadow. A third customer was interested in Rain Woman because he thought she was pretty nice. He was not even scared away by the words that the painting had previously been returned due to some anomalies and the locals had already developed a bad reputation around it. But very soon he realized that buying the painting was a big mistake. According to him, the white eyes of the woman in the picture seemed to follow him everywhere, and it seemed to him that he was drowning in them. In the end, he returned the painting to the salon. Uh, quote, at first I didn't notice what white eyes she had. <clears throat> then they began to appear everywhere. Headaches began, unreasonable unrest, unquote, he said. So Lana herself says that each uh, picture or that each picture is created for a specific person, and that somewhere there's probably someone for whom her rain woman painting uh, was for whom her rain woman was painted and who will not be disturbed by it. One of the journalists asked about the cursed painting of Archpriest uh, Vitaly Goloskevich, uh, candidate of the Theological Sciences uh, and priest of the Transfiguration Cathedral in Venitsa. Uh, he states, a person has a spirit and a soul. There are truly spiritual works of art, but there are also, uh, there are soulful ones. There are also soulful ones. And the picture you are talking about represents precisely such spiritual art. And it does not come from God. There is such a thing aftertaste, Vitaly said. Before buying a painting, I would advise you to listen to yourself, to your feelings that remain after contemplating the creation. The artist puts into the work, the mood in which he was at at the time of uh, his writing. And it is not known who led the artist of that movement. I don't know. It, it goes for a little bit more, but 
yet oh let me uh uh the last uh paragraph here the last articles about this picture appeared in the ukrainian media in the mid-2000s and what is now with this pictures and where it is now where the picture is now is unknown at the time the painting rain woman stood without a frame in the same salon in Venitsa and cost five hundred dollars so all right at the end of the day we have this we have a cursed painting supposedly uh i'll start with ed well ed did you take a look at the photo what oh yeah okay um i guess what is I, I guess either one either you or kelly what are your guys' opinion on like cursed things like this I, I guess let's start out with this painting well you know what just in general what is your opinion on, on cursed items do you think that there's such a thing am i uh, um no um my my thing is um um I usually think things in, in terms of psychosomatic or something. Uh, people think they uh, they bought something creepy, and then before you know it, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of paintings out there like uh, where you think like the the eyes are are following you. I mean, it's, some people think cause I, I I sometimes I feel like I'm like yeah, that sculpture's eyes are is looking at me personally, and um, you know, it's it's just an optical illusion. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, some people. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's a, it's something it didn't along the lines of that. Um, normally, I don't think things are cursed. Uh, okay. In general, that's my feeling. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Kelly. What is your opinion? Same as Ed's. You guys are both the not non-believers. So, as a child who grew up on the Chucky movies, I would. <laughs> terrified of that doll so i was terrified of like baby dolls when i was young like i really thought things <laughs> like got up and moved around and like had a life and it scared me to death as an adult no <laughs> no i don't think things can be haunted so i wow um oh i was telling uh kelly uh we may have a um uh, another guest at the, the next episode that we do who uh, to the best of my knowledge, she's more of a um a believer in stuff like this. But I here's my thing. All right. My my whole I know both of you are, are don't believe in it. And I want to say I don't believe in it either. But if somebody were to say, hey, you want to keep the painting next? No, no, thank you. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> and, and and you know, like you might say you don't believe in it, but you know, if you know, like you know, when King Tut's tomb was opened and all of a sudden, like it turns out some people were somehow you know dying get hit by cars and all this other stuff would you let me ask you ed all right let's say let's say there was like the king tut um a vase that he had right let's say two people each person that had it was uh one person died mysteriously the other one died of some rare random disease Mm -hmm. and they're like do you want it next would you take it and say i'm fine with this let me have this yeah Oh wow! All right, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> so when you accident something actually happens to you, that's on you, buddy. Because that's no, like that's <laughs> okay. okay. We can tell who's the believer here. <laughs> yeah, right. I would not. I would not take like anything like that. No way. Like I, you're saying, it's psychosomatic. And yes, I mean, part a lot of times it well, is. I feel like I wouldn't. I, I, you know, stuff like that. I'd probably just. I mean, if it was something, I'm like, yeah, I'll hold on to it, and then probably sell it off at some point but then, that's even worse <laughs> 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 all 
Um, no, that's that's. I think that's. Uh, I, I I I think I think there's just things that you know you associate everything with with certain things. I I, I don't know. It's just it, 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 it it's all consequent. It, it's all uh, irrelative <laughs> to me. But that's anyways. That's, that's, well, how about you, Kelly? Yeah. Let, let's let's say somebody had a, like a, a vase, the like King Tut vase, gets passed down to two people, both of them mysterious deaths. Um, would you take it? I will say that I think that you kind of put out into the universe what comes back to you. And mm-hmm. if you put out, like, I'm going to get some weird disease or something's going to happen to me because I have this object that everybody said is, is cursed, but I don't necessarily believe it is, then you kind mm-hmm. of put it out there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You kind of, like, speak it into existence. If you didn't know, if nobody told you that, like, the two people before that owned that died of weird stuff, but now you have it, nothing would happen to you. You know what I mean? It's just that, like, you put it into creation, I feel like, with, with stuff like that. So, like... Would I want it if I knew that? No. Yeah. So you and wouldn't take it. Because like, I believe in it, but I just don't want to have it like in my existence. Like the, you know what I mean? So here's my thing with the, yeah, no, no. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I wouldn't take it at all. Cause I just, you know, if there's that chance that the thing really is cursed, no, thank you. You hand it to somebody else. Um, it's the same reason why I don't really Scary like cats. mess around Come with on. police. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would <laughs> <laughs> <She said. laughs> all right uh i gotta i gotta edit <laughs> um, you changed my mind oh you changed my mind then. yeah you're right <laughs> yes you, you you absolutely did no um um uh, i forgot what i was gonna say now um it, so the, the whole willing into existence uh if if that was look if, if I were to give you something, uh, let, let's say I told you, hey, look, here's a here, safety. Here's a vase. The last two people that have had it have both become billionaires. You're not going to will that into existence. Okay, I'm no, sorry. You would be much more likely to take that vase. Yes, you'll be more likely to take the vase. Really? I bet you you would. Because there's but, a chance that it's real. And, and, and It might not be just like the ghost stuff. Like it might not be, but it could be. Yeah. Because you and, don't really know. And I don't want to take, I don't want to take the chance of it being, you know, like, well, if, if 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 the thing is cursed, like you don't, there's I mean, you brought up there's some stuff that you're around that just gives you the creeps, you know, and you mm-hmm. can't explain yeah. it without a doubt, yeah, like like a photo or um or a picture or a statue or just something in general, you know, um just gives you the creeps and y- you don't know what it yeah. is, and one person might think it's a beautiful photo, and the other one's like, no, this is just this does not make me feel right. Have you ever seen those pictures yeah. of the families with the um, deceased children? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like one last picture as a family, but like mm-hmm. one of them is deceased and you have to figure out which one it is. <laughs> yeah. They try to make it look alive. Oh, yes. Some God, of those yeah. will give me the creeps. Yeah. Just, yeah, those are, those are definitely creeps. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah. So again, like, you know, is this the logical thing, logical side of me says, yeah, of course it's not, you know, there's it's not cursed, you know. They're, come on, no, it's not cursed. But the other part of me is like, I'm not still going to grab, take this painting. You know, this is it. I know Ed, you you would, but just if the, if there's that point can, zero 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 one percent chance, can I be honest. I, this this painting doesn't impress me at all. It's just uh, um, I, I I'm I'm just talking in terms of um, like 
uh, artistic and, and all that stuff. You know, I. It looks like she's wearing I'm, a top. Like a does. top. Oh, what was that again? It looks like she's wearing like a top hat. It was very kind of weird. It, it, it's it's weird and, um, you know, stuff like this. I um, I don't know if you knew this, Rob, but I, I did did uh, one painting class in at, at Loyola and uh, hmm. and um, long story short is this this is feels like something I would have been able to have done in my 101 painting 101 and I maybe maybe, maybe I'm, you're the one making cursed items <laughs> <laughs> something guided my well you know things were guiding my hand you know, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I, maybe I have a couple paintings out there cursing people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that a, is what that a, an original? What's <laughs> on this painting says it's honestly not a scary looking painting. It's just kind of bland. Like, Wait, who said that? Me. That oh, was yeah. one of my books when I looked at it. I was like, honestly, it just looks kind of like man. Like it's nothing scary about it. You know what I mean? But see, like, a, a yeah. curse, something that's cursed doesn't have to be scary. It just kind of has to give you that. We need to kind of talk about that. It doesn't look like that. You know, yeah. it, it looks normal. Yeah, it, it looks like an oral painting, just somebody just kind of uh, slady in the rain, you know. Like like Ed said, it's not the most it, it's not the most professional looking of paintings, but um, yeah, I my my thing with maybe it's because my family does believe, you know, in the whole curses and the you know stuff with like witchcraft, you know, and stuff like that. That they're you know it all uh, that. It, you, I've always been told, you know, like, you know, you're going to get cursed, you know, if you do something like that, you know, it, it's, it, it's something that was part of, I don't want to say culture, but something that, you know, we would talk about. It wasn't, um, so I just, I still don't, I wouldn't mess around with that. You know, it would be for me, I would just be like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to take the chance. Yeah. I would only go if it was good luck. Yeah. And I think we all, you know, when you look at, when you look at the, uh, us in general, like a lot of people do stuff that uh, would like, like, for example, if you go see your favorite team, some people wear like the same socks all the time, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But they might say like, I don't believe in curses, but you know, they still keep that tradition, which is like their own way of, you know, cursing themselves with good luck. Mm -hmm. um, A talisman, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> hard, well, We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, when this painting shows up at Ed's place, we'll know that he's just, he's just fine with it. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then he maybe went blind. A, maybe it got stolen. Well, no, maybe the some Russian uh, soldier stole it, and it's back in Putin's hand. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that, and that'll, that'll be, be, and then, and then that'll uh, end the war. Yes, in Ukraine, right? We we <laughs> called it here at, at Geekers Geekers Creepers. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to topic number two, guys. Um, and that is the, I'm going to read the story. This is off of, um, uh, it's Wikipedia. And wow. let me ask, if, I know I asked Kelly earlier, have any of you guys ever heard the story? It's kind of, it's an interesting little story. The Green Children of Woolpit. No? I have not heard of it before. Okay. This. No. So let me read it real quick for our listeners. And then I want to talk about this one. This is, this is more it's an old story. It's more interesting than anything else. So the story goes like this. And this is off of the, uh, like with everything else, I'll include links to everything. Uh, this is off of uh, Wikipedia. It states, um, at harvest time, one day during the reign of King Stephen, according to William of Newburgh, 
the villagers of Woolpit discovered two children, a brother and a sister beside one of the wolf pits that gave the village its name. Their skin was green, they spoke an unknown language, and their clothing was unfamiliar. Ralph of Cogshall reports that the children were taken to the home of Richard DeCalm. Ralph and William agreed that the pair refused all food for several days until they came across some raw broad beans, which they consumed eagerly. The children gradually adapted to normal food and in time lost their green color. Uh, it was decided to baptize the children, but the boy who appeared to be younger of the two was sickly and died soon or, decide, or died before or soon after baptism. After learning to speak English, the children, uh, Ralph says, just the surviving girl, explained that they came from a land where the sun never shone and the light was like twilight. William says the girl called their home St. Martin's Land. Ralph adds that everything there was green. According to William, the children were, are unable to account for their arrival in Woolpit. They had been herding their family's, their father's cattle when they heard a loud noise. According to William, it was like the sound of the bells of Barry St. Edmund's Abbey and suddenly found themselves by the wolf pit where they were found. Ralph says that they had become lost when they followed the cattle into a cave and after being guided by the sound of bells, eventually merged into our land. According to Ralph, the girl was employed for many years as a servant in Richard Decal's household where she was considered to be very wanton and impudent. William says that she eventually married a man from Kings Lynn, about 40 miles from Woolpit, where she was still living shortly before he wrote. Based on his research into Richard DeKal's family history, the astronomer and writer Duncan Lunan has concluded the girl was given the name Agnes and that she married a royal official named Richard Barr. So, in essence, this is about a story that's, what is it, from the 11th century? Uh, uh, yeah, 12th century, thank you, sorry. Um, about these kids with green skin that don't speak the language, uh, clothing was unfamiliar, and they just appeared out of nowhere. Uh, they were taken in, one of them died soon after, and uh, and then uh, I guess they got better. But the, the thing is, like, well, I guess, you know, what is this, like a game of telephone, as a story is told over and over again facts change right mm -hmm. you know with this one the, the reason i find it interesting is because this is a very popular um when it comes to the paranormal supernatural this is a popular story that gets brought up every now and then um and I, i've always found this interesting because i do know that facts change but my my thing is like well what changed and what's true about this story? Because we talk about green skinned people. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in Kentucky, there are, there's still a family out there that like have like a weird color skin. I think it is green, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the Appalachian mountains. Blue? It might be blue. Maybe it's blue. Okay. You know, um, and it's just like, it's a rare, it's a rare disorder. Uh, that their skin actually looks blue. Kelly, I think you're right on that. Um, so with this, you know, let me let me ask you guys. I know you guys could probably say none of this is true, but do you think any of this could possibly be true, or what? What do you think it is? Or I mean, I don't see this being like a a folk uh, a folklore because it's or what do they call it? Uh, what is the tales that you have to learn something from, like a, a fable? Oh yeah, I don't see this being a fable because there's nothing to learn from it. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the historical explanations, um, link and, uh, I mean, some of these seem feasible. I mean, um, 
there, there might, these kids might've had uh, some type of disease. Uh, uh, they're saying chlorosis, a deficiency disease that gives the skin a, skin a uh, greenish tint, uh, hence the term green sickness uh, with, uh, with a better diet, it disappears type thing. Um, uh, and, um, uh, you're right. I, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing stuff like this. I mean, uh, I mean, that's more, that's more feasible. So it's maybe built, uh, built into, uh, um, more of a, uh, uh, something like that as, as opposed to, uh, you know, they didn't, they obviously, these people didn't have a, a good scientific explanation as to yeah. what they were, what it was. But I mean, that seems more, that seems feasible. Okay. So I think that these were kids who had been lost for kind of a long time. Cause it said they spoke an unknown language. Mm, that's a big thing. Yeah. So I think they were traveling with this herd and they went way further than they thought they did. And then they got lost and just kept going and are on death's door. They probably look bluish green because they're about to die, I bet. And the boy does die mm -hmm. like pretty immediately. Um, so that, I mean, it could be that they have a disease or it could be just that they're literally about to die. That they kind of look like death when death turns green, right? Mm -hmm. Turns all gross looking. Um, yeah, their um, clothing was considered unfamiliar. So I think that they were just from somewhere kind of far away that people didn't know of really yet because mm -hmm. so early still in time that you know that's how they discovered there was this land over here that they'd never been to and these two kids that got lost ended up there and that's how they met each other yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, um I, i'm guessing that that's that has to be it i think the story the story is mysterious enough that the fact that you've got kids that don't speak you know Let's put it this way. I think this story would be creepier if it happened maybe in the 18th century or the 19th century, yeah. because it's like you kind of know more and it's like, where do these kids come from? Um, but yeah, 12th century, I, I kind of agree. I think, you know, it's probably was they were sick. They were lost. Um, kids tell the best story, you know, uh, th that they can, you know, uh, this isn't this isn't as creepy as the uh I don't were you around for the Sandown Clown one, Kelly? I don't think so. You were there for that one, right? We talked about that one? Yes. Yeah, we I, talked about that. I, I we have a YouTube video on that one. That's the that's the clown that the two kids uh it happened in like the seventies. They were out and all of a sudden this weird looking character that looked like a clown and a robot was in a shed. And the kids came back and told their parents, they're like, This is what we saw. And they were adamant that that's what they saw to the point where to this day, they haven't gone back on, on the story. The dad went back there to go look and the thing wasn't there anymore, but it was, it's a very creepy story because like they're, they both, there'd be no reason for them to lie and keep the lie going. You know, at some point you're just like, all right, I'm not, it, it was a joke, but uh, that's a very unusual, uh, unusual story. If, if you, Listeners, if you want to learn more, check out the uh, Eucharist Creepers YouTube video. I went on there. It's it's a Sandown Clown. Um, okay. That's a, yeah. a little plug. They say that they come from this place where it's always twilight and everything mm. is green. And so it made me think that they live on the side of a mountain where the, it's like in shadow uh -huh. a lot of the time. And that would be a reason why they hadn't come across each other before. If they live on two different sides of this like big mountain range, possibly, and that they followed the cattle over the 
hills. Yeah, or or maybe they actually just live in the cave itself. You know, well, they I mean, it's green. What? Oh yeah, you're right. Ah. Everything is green, like grass. Yeah, like, yeah. Like on a mountainside, I can mm-hmm. imagine it being very beautiful. It's just somewhere different that yeah. like Europeans had never ventured over to yet. Hmm. Said something uh, uh, along the lines, and I'm 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 just reading very briefly here. Uh, children. Uh, one potential thing was the children were of uh, uh, Flemish immigrants, um, and uh, you know they they never learned. Well, at that time, what well, they weren't speaking modern English. At, mm-hmm. I, I think in England they were speaking Anglo-Saxon, whatever. Uh, is in, I think they were speaking Middle English at that time, um, and um, uh, that's that could be part of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people people weren't speaking. Uh, they're speaking a, a language that uh, that they and, and they never really, you know, they're probably in a close knit, uh, uh, you know, situation where they didn't learn uh, whatever the uh, lingua franca, whatever franca mm-hmm. of the of the time. I think that could be it. I don't think they're aliens if that's where the story is trying to go. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know. Rob thinks it's 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 the aliens. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's aliens either. Just mainly because like. Uh, the lady ends up, you know, getting old and uh, ends up marrying somebody else. Well, man, you yeah. never know, though. <laughs> that's like uh, that. That's how they. That's how they trick you. They think you're they're humans, and the next thing you know, they just take you away. Um, but speaking of aliens, we're gonna take a quick break, and we are actually gonna come back and talk about uh, the. This is a this is a newer story. It's about a, uh, an army uh, op- uh, officer, or he's in the army, or. Uh, and he's been saying that he has proof that aliens actually exist and uh, wants to uh, prove this. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about this and um, we'll see what you get non-believers think. All right. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Geekers Creepers. Now we're going to be talking about our main topic of the of the night or uh, of the day, and this is about the UFO claims. That this is actually a very recent story. Um, believe it's uh, came out uh, May and June of this year, twenty twenty three, and I'm going to read the Wikipedia article, a few uh, paragraphs on that, and then I want to talk about this, uh, see what you guys think. Uh, I, as I always mention, I do believe there is life out there. I believe that there's life on other planets. There has to be. There's no way there's not. The question is, have they landed here? Do we have any type of proof? Um, right now, this story right now is either going to, if true, it'll be one of the biggest stories in history. If it's not, it's yet once again uh, a big letdown. Uh, but let me go into the uh, uh, a little bit about this. It's the person is called David Grush, and it's he's supposedly a UFO whistleblower. And again, I will have a link to this on Wikipedia. It says that in June 2023, United States Air Force officer and former intelligence official David Grush claimed that based on classified information he says was provided to him by colleagues, that the U.S. federal government maintains a secretive UFO retrieval program and is in possession of non-human spacecraft and dead pilots. In 2022, Grush filed a complaint with the U.S. Office of Intelligence Community Inspector General so that he could share classified information with the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. 
Rush also filed a complaint alleging retaliation by his superiors over a similar complaint that he made in 2021. In June of 2023, members of the U.S. House of Representatives announced plans for the House Oversight Committee to investigate the matter. In more allegations, Rush said that he saw documents reporting that Benito Mussolini's government recovered a non-human spacecraft that the Vatican and Five Eyes assisted the U.S. in procuring. Procuring, According to Grush, there was an ongoing concern among the people he talked to that Americans had been killed to protect the secret over the years, adding that he heard some really un-American things. In response to Grush's June 2023 claims, both uh, NASA and the U.S. Department of Defense issued statements saying respectively that no evidence has been found for extraterrestrial life or for the possession or reverse engineering of any extraterrestrial materials. Uh, let me, I'm just going to read a few more uh, paragraphs here, you guys. Um, this is a little bit of the background. It says, before David Crush made public claims in 2023 about the U.S. federal government maintaining a secret UFO retrieval program for decades and being in possession of non-human spacecraft and dead pilots, Grush had served in the U.S. Air Force and as a former intelligence official. As Penn State history professor Greg Aigida uh, notes, there have been many instances over recent decades in the U.S. of people who previously worked in some kind of federal department coming forward to make bombshell allegations about the truth regarding UFOs, and the whistleblower claims, and the whistleblower claims by Grush fit this pattern. Egan, uh, Egan writes that the crusading whistleblower dedicated to breaking the silence over the alien origins of unidentified flying objects is a kind of American public figure that was first invented in the 1950s. Um, then New York Times columnist Ezra Klein noted on June 20th regarding these claims by Grush that two narrators emerge immediately, with one side saying that this is the biggest news break of all time and it's being published in the debrief because the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about it, while the other say that it's ridiculous to even be talking about it, something that is just media organizations taking cranks seriously for the clicks. Klein argues that it is unhealthy for these two interpretations to be so distanced from each other because this feeds conspiracy theories by making it hard for people to know why something that looks very legitimate to them isn't being taken as legitimate elsewhere. And also because the story has something that is a little hard to explain that does deserve scrutiny. He concludes that it is reasonable to be very curious at this point to have some real unanswered questions, but also be pretty skeptical of some of Grush's claims. Okay, I don't want to keep reading this because there's a lot to it. Uh, Kelly, you read it. So let me start with you. What do you think of this? I mean, this is... It's an interesting story because this guy, I believe, he's uh, he's going to. Uh, it's just like it, members of the U.S. House of Representatives announced plans for the House Oversight Committee to investigate the matter. So, the House of Representatives are actually looking into this. I, I this is crazy. I thought he was supposed to be in front of Congress also at one point, but um, wh- what do you think of this? Hey, creepers! <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I am back. Um, it's been a minute. <laughs> so this, I think, is legitimate, and I think that it's weird that the government is now being more forthcoming with what they have been doing than they ever have before. They've been admitting to some things that I think people were surprised that they were doing. So that happening at the same time, I guess, maybe is their concession to him that, like, hey yes, people know that there's probably stuff we're not telling them, but also we do have to keep security protocol because we're the government. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So to make some concessions on, yes, we have some powerful things and we've discovered weird things, but to not tell people exactly what it is, I think was probably a good move on their part. 
Um, but I didn't know about Five Eyes, this intelligence alliance. Yeah, it's legitimate, isn't it? Yeah, so it, it's the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada mm-hmm. that all say if something lands in their territory, that they'll share that knowledge with the other community member, like with the other um, alliance members. So, like, yeah. if UFO strikes in New Zealand, that they'll give everything they find in evidence, like, mm. to the other ones, which tells you that stuff has happened there. <laughs> Why those? <laughs> 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 yeah, this story. So a couple of things about this one is one, like the guy that's supposedly a whistleblower. Look, I'm not a lot of these people seem normal uh, at 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 first, but then there might be there's something just off. But like he's uh, served as a, in the U.S. Air Force and is a former intelligence official. And as far as I know, like they said that he's highly decorated. It doesn't come off as like. I mean, this is an Art Bell, you know, doing his like radio show at two in the morning, uh, talking how Bigfoot had co- he had coffee with Bigfoot, you know, uh, the night before. You know, this is this is somebody that it's like, what do you benefit saying this other than the fact that you feel you have to say something? Now, again, it may turn out that this guy's just absolutely bonkers and just wants the attention. Um, but why is why is House Representative looking into it? Why why is it getting as much publicity as it is? And I, 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 this is going to sound cliche, but I want to believe, I actually want this to be like the the thing that comes out and it's like, no, look, I've got proof. Um, But I've been let down so many times. Like uh, Jose and I, we did an episode on the, um, uh, the, uh, what was it? Is it uh, Fatima, the one, the, the Virgin Mary that appeared out of um, uh, uh, to the three kids. You guys remember the story? No. So we learned about it in Catholic school, and Jose learned about it's, it in Catholic school. It's not the Lady of Guadalajara. No, or... it's a different one. It, okay, it was. So it was. Um, and so she appeared to these three kids, and and I'll, I'll get back to why why it reminds me of this story. Um, so when we were kids, we were told that she gave the kids uh, three notes that they were supposed to keep to themselves, and they only told the Pope. And supposedly, each one of them, like the last thing that the Pope heard was so. Uh, mind or so uh, uh, it affected him so much that he started to cry. And that's, I knew the story for my teachers in Catholic school. Jose knew the same story too. So then finally, after like, after 50, 60 years, I forget this happened a while ago. They finally said what the last note was. It was nothing. It just said something like uh, be good to people. It was something just so just, it, 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 it was such a buildup that it really didn't, lead to anything and so at we at jose we were we were talking about how we were let down by that because we thought it was going to be some kind of uh revelation some huge revelation and i've got a feeling this is going to be the same thing once he comes up and they start talking he's like okay where's the proof he's going to have a photo and it's going to be like is that all you got you know a picture of of what looks like a a doll in a spacesuit you know that's i've got a feeling that's what's going to happen but Again, at the same time, I don't know why he's being taken so seriously right now. People are actually looking into this. There, um, uh, there, there's legitimate articles that are being written about him. I mean, he is being called also. Some people are saying it's, it's a hoax, but still, uh, what does he have to gain from this? I, this one's for me. It's really interesting, especially the fact that it's like literally from June. You know, this is this is still fairly uh, uh, new news. Um, what do you have to say, Adam? Um, 
I, you, this is really funny. I just, I just watched uh, the movie Reality um, on uh, on HBO. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about it or heard about it. I don't think I've heard about it. I've uh, heard about it. It, it, it's about uh, her, the the girls the girl that actually leaked she worked she worked in the NSA she leaked the uh, the Russian um, uh, the the Russian um, uh, finagling with the with the 2016 election okay and um, and it's um, it's based on the it's supposedly based on the transcript audio audio transcripts of uh of the arrest that happened and um why she did it and all that stuff and it was it was really interesting mm-hmm. i mean it but but on the other hand it's just like yeah at a certain at, at a certain point i think it's i think it's good i i think we should i, I think it's good that there might be whistle people that are whistleblowers or mm-hmm. you know people that are willing to risk this you know risk leaking information because honestly I mean, I think we should know a little bit more about what's going on uh, with regards to certain things. Uh, but what do you think of this one? I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, the whistleblowers uh, yeah. should exist. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but with this one, what do you think? Is this guy, I mean, so if they're calling him the UFO whistleblower, you know, is this is this yeah. going to be legit? I know you can't, we can't tell for certain, but. You can't you tell know, for certain. I mean. But I, you know, I, I, I think you should be, you know, I think we should, I think people should be protected, you know, Mm -hmm. with stuff like this. I mean, it's not like, uh, I I don't think a certain amount of people should, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, keeping, keeping secrets from people is not, um, it's not something I'm, I, I think is a good thing. Um, But, you know, it really depends on the situation, but you know, things like this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about, it's not just about countries and all that. And, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's about the, it's about our, you know, the history of mankind, you know, so this is nothing, this, I don't think this is anything that should be kept from the the public. So what, what do you think is going to happen with this? You think, you think this is just going to, in, in your in your not professional Hard opinion, s- I guess is it is it is it <laughs> my professional opinion? Um, it might be unprecedented. I don't. I can't think of anything uh, like a gathering or 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 uh, hold, holding the holding like a holding like a whole a whole committee uh, hearing about it or something like that. I I feel like that's unprecedented. I can't think of anything. Uh, me- so this would be a first of its kind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Here's the thing. So what if he's like, Hey, you know, we've had stuff come to us, acknowledge that it's happened, you know, and the government's like, well, and then we watch on Mars, a little alien puppets head around the camera. I'd be like, there's life on Mars. And then here's all the documents. (laughs) Mystery solved. Yeah. Is that how we find out really? Like we have to see it like random, you know what I mean? Like we should be told it's a type of mind control by the government to not tell us like things people need to know, you know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing I, and maybe, maybe this is the thing. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's just going to have to be something. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe the, the government's developing things that, uh, or, uh, yeah, the, the government's developing things and even the government doesn't internally 
I, I think this is the thing. The government doesn't make, needs to take a look into this. Are they, are they not sharing um, information with each other? And is that a bad thing uh, that might be uh, for something like this? Yeah, I would say, look, if, if we did have something, let's say, I'm not saying like a whole spaceship fell, but let, let's say we found out that there was like uh, something that just wasn't of earth. You know, I do not see the government wanting to say to anybody because it's if if whatever country has it, they've got an advantage over everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Disadvantage. What? Or a large disadvantage if that's the beginning of a war with aliens because they can get it back. <laughs> well, maybe. Yes. Yes. In, in, in that situation. Yes. But my thing is like, if you... If whatever country would find, you know, whatever it might be, you know, if, if it's, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking like a big ship, but if any type of out of earth um, item, one, it would show one, you have an advantage because you finally have proof that there's life on intelligent life somewhere else. Um, whatever it's made out of, you can kind of learn, you know, what, what type of intelligence is this, you know, what you would, if you'd be able to figure it out. Um, I mean, that's, that's the way society, you know, has been able to, you know, our society has been able to work. You know, you you meet other other groups of people and you use their knowledge to build on your own. Um, and so, would I be surprised if if we had it if they kept it quiet? No, you know, it's like it's like why would you want to say it so somebody else could say? Well, you have to share that with us now. Well, we do with the alliance. Well, with people in the alliance, they're obligated to share. That's what do, you re- do you really think they would? I think yeah, I think that's too. like that's I I think that would be just a a one way alliance you know you share that would with be me that would to take over the rest of the world I guarantee mm-hmm. it what do they call five eyes yeah five eyes if mm-hmm. it happened they would share the knowledge with each other and then take over everything else that's probably exactly what mm-hmm. would happen I don't know I think this is this is one of the few interesting interesting stories in a while because because uh, I like I said I got a feeling it's just going to be a big bust. I think he's going to come out. He's like, here are the pictures and it's going to be some hocus grainy photos and all that. And it's going to be, you know, it's not going to amount to much, but it's one of the few in a long time where it's like, uh, it's kind of being taken a bit seriously enough that there's been, there were, there were a few articles on CNN uh, a couple of weeks ago on this one. So that's where I actually saw the story. He's going to go missing. The government won't allow it to go further. (laughs) That would, that would, uh, Yes, if that were to happen, yeah, then then he probably was. He had something. He definitely had something that happens. <laughs> In his place will just be that creepy photo. It'll be like, oh no, no, no! It was it was a picture. He was he was cursed. He was cursed. It's cursed. Um, and he and he was an Egyptologist too. So. <laughs> an Egyptologist, yes. <laughs> um, all right, so guys, uh, I think that's. Uh, that's all the creepy topics we have for today. This is the end of episode 64 of Geekers Creepers. As I mentioned, uh, next episode, Eddie, we may be joined by another guest co-host. I'm hoping that'll work out. That person is, she's a little more of a uh, a believer. So maybe we can get her opinion and she'll, uh, she'll probably join in and tell us some of her uh, creepy stories. So we can, we can talk about that. Kind of like, remember when you first came oh. on, Ed, we, we talked about the Oval Teen Factory. Yes, yes, definitely. That's yours, creepy All one. Right. I don't think Kelly, Good. you've ever brought one, have you? 
No, I'd have to think long and hard about that. Yeah, think of one. We could cover one of your creepy encounters and 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 talk about that and see how well, you feel when days, I tell you it's all bogus. <laughs> one of the, one of these days we need to go live uh, for uh, for uh, maybe one of these ghost hunts or something. Or I would love that. I would love that. Watch, watch. We're gonna capture something, and you'll all be believers. Yeah, creepers. Yeah. Creepers believers. <laughs> Um, Creepers believers. Okay. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll start with you. Ed, any final parting words for our listeners? Learn more about coyotes because <laughs> I I think they're cool. <laughs> no, they are cool. Um, yeah, they are. They are. They're. Uh, but anyways, no. Uh, in, in all honesty, um, looking forward to uh, finishing uh, finishing off Game of Thrones. Oh, actually, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Barry, uh, the series. Uh, I've heard uh, of it. I've never seen it. Don Hader. Okay. Yeah. Or Bill Hader, excuse me. Um, anyways, uh, that that actually I binge watched and I thought that was actually a lot of fun. But anyways, but uh, other than that, no. Um, stay, uh, stay, stay creepy, people. <laughs> and geeky. <laughs> All right. Thanks. And, and Kelly, any final uh, party words for our listeners? Hey, creepers, I'm signing off. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening, for joining in for episode 64 today. Um, hopefully, we'll do some more Black Mirror episodes, maybe some Bear episodes. That'd be super fun. Um, hope everybody's enjoying their summer, and I'll see you on the next one. All right, guys. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, as usual, you can always follow us at Geekers Creepers on Twitter and email us, which I don't think we've got any emails, but if you want, uh, Geekers Creepers Cast <laughs> at gmail.com. That's Geekers Creepers Cast I'm, I'm at waiting. gmail.com. And he's waiting for, I'm an waiting email. for that email. I'm, I'm waiting us, for that email, guys. You can send us topics to talk about or just complain. Um, but uh, yeah, again, it's Geekers Creepers Cast at gmail.com. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And until next time, we wish you all the best in life, love, and gaming. Good night, everybody.